1: Everyone always thinks that it's a scam, right? The newest company is the biggest scam of all. And there's no way that this makes sense. Why would you give us money? Doesn't like how do you make money? Doesn't make sense.
0: Imagine living your normal day and getting your car fueled up on demand. Seriously, check out L.A. Startup Refill Fuel and enter code Tech for $10 off. We could not do this without the community believing in our vision together. We Are LA Tech is independently funded, funded by you, the community. So to support We Are LA Tech, go to patreon.com slash Tech. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Tech.
2: Hey guys, I'm Brian Nickerson. I'm guest hosting for We Are LA Tech, guest hosting for Esprit Devorah. Um, And I'm here with Nina Ojeda, the founder of Pretz. Nina, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm doing amazing. So, Nina, tell us a little bit about Pretz.
1: Sure. So, doing some really life-changing things over here. Um, We are a membership for Blowouts. So, um, we basically use high-end existing salons, and book blowout appointments for our members in their idle spaces. Um, this is actually a lot of fun. We've just recently launched um, blowouts with color, so you can now get, I don't know if you notice my hair is pink right now, but you can now get a color added to your blowout um, in all eight of our markets.
2: Amazing. So what are your eight markets? What what are, uh, what are some of them?
1: Sure. So we're here in Santa Monica, um, across LA to downtown. Uh, we're in... Nashville, Chicago, San Francisco, Dallas, Atlanta, Austin, and Orange County. I think that, yeah, that's all of them. Amazing. (laughs) DC soon.
2: (laughs) And so, so for, for someone who wants to book a blog, you just, you basically, you have an app.
1: Yes. So yeah. download the iOS app. Our Android's coming soon, but yeah. it's on the iOS app. You simply log in, drop a pin to wherever, you know, wherever you happen to be in yeah. any of our markets and um, select a time and date. And we match you with the closest salon that has your time and date available. So it's usually about within about a mile. So most of the time it's walking distance, depending on where you are.
2: Gotcha. Spell prep for folks, too, so they can oh, find it's you on the P-R-E-T-E. iOS store.
1: P-R-E-T-E.
2: P-R-E-T-E. Great. Okay, so I want to tell you about my experience with a blowout because I actually... Did you do a, a blowout? Out. I've had a blowout at a, a dry bar. What? Okay, yes. this is
1: the best thing ever. We're yes. doing a campaign for No Shave November and now I'm going to recruit you.
2: And I, I have a <laughs> beard as well, so I, <laughs> I, I don't really share Beard
1: blowouts are kind of a thing. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> they
2: are. I didn't know. I It was actually a lot longer, a little bit recently. So I was going to a 70s disco party and... <laughs> <laughs> and i needed a um so i have blonde hair and what i basically wanted the look i wanted to achieve i was going to wear like a pink shirt um and like you know kind of some fun like disco stuff and i wanted like basically a big blonde afro um and so i went into a dry bar <laughs> party was starting at, like 11 at night i went into the dry bar like as it ended um Paid for a blowout, got my hair basically blown like straight up <laughs> into like as high and as big as it can be. And I well, generally I have like fairly long hair. It was even longer then. So it was like this giant thing. Um, it was an amazing experience. I got champagne. The people who were there were like loving it because I was the only guy in the dry bar. Of course. Um, and then <laughs> when it got done, I, I had it's like it, for me, the dry bar is like two blocks away from my home. And my hair was so big that I couldn't actually like put my shirt back on. So I actually <laughs> took my I took my shirt off to get the blowout and it was too big to put it back on. So I was gonna go home and then put on the collared pink shirt that I had. So you went home without a shirt with big hair? So I walked hair? home, yeah. I walked into dry bar with a shirt. Somehow took a shirt off and had champagne while I was there. Got the blowout, walked home, and then put on the shirt.
1: Oh, my God. That's magical. I wish you had photos of that. Do you have photos of that? Oh, of that? course I have photos. Oh, yes. my God. I'm going to look at those later. I feel like you should post those as links in the bottom of this uh, podcast
2: online. Ah, Nina, you're killing me.
1: No, but it's so funny. <laughs> what guys go get blowouts and then talk about it later on a podcast? Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: But so you're changing, right? You're, you're changing this space, right?
1: Right. So- Think of us as kind of an endlessly scalable version of Drybar. There's so many salons across the country. I mean, L.A. alone, like in our L.A. city, I think there's something like 7,000 um, salons, which, yeah, no, 7, it, it is honestly, yes, it's honestly insane. Um, of course, not all of them are high end or not all of them are the ones that, you know, we would pick to be in our network, but a fair amount of them are. I mean, we have hundreds of salons in our network and we've barely scratched the surface. We, we really launched the way we are now, like our official launch was in June of this year. So only a few mm-hmm. months ago and we're at hundreds of salons and we just keep, it's, it's madness.
2: So what, what was this, what was the inspiration for starting prep?
1: So I have like the worst hair or the most unmanageable hair in the world. I just have so much hair that it was impossible for me to go. And it actually not look work. like it right yeah, now. That's because in... I had a blowout yesterday. <laughs> Amazing. Gotcha. Okay. I um, and even still it's in a ponytail because today has been really long. Um, No, but I I used to go and get a weekly blowout um, at Dry Bar or at other blow-dry bars in my area. And I would sit and work for the hour and 15 minutes or whatever it was to take it. And I started – I was actually doing my taxes with my now fiancé, and he (laughs) looked at me and was like, I'm sorry, you pay somebody how much to wash and then dry your hair? He's like, how lazy can you possibly be? But I'm like, you know, me and most of the women in the world – don't really have the time to sit and do our hair like a YouTube star for two hours in the day. Like, I don't have that kind of time. I think of like, you know, time is money. And at the end of the day, you can't walk into a new business meeting or a pitch or really anywhere with a dirty bun on the top of your head. It's just <laughs> not a good look. So, so it, was, it was a necessity. And, you know, on top of everything else, like, you know, I think Drybar has done a really great job of branding themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there are so many of these mid, small, and mid-sized businesses across the world that could be getting some of the you know few billion dollars of of Drybar money, um, you know, thrown back into the the small business ecosystem. So that's kind of where we come in.
2: Gotcha, it makes sense. So if I understand it right, for um, like salons, you help them make better use of their. Physical infrastructure make more money off of that time, is right? That right?
1: We fill we fill in the open space. They're all last minute, so gotcha. Within about three to four days um, is where we fill them in. So it's any time where they would just be sort of sitting there idly doing nothing. Yeah. Um. So they would be making zero dollars instead of you know making money with Pratt. And on top of it all, you know our demographic is usually right up their alley. So they they, they it's up to them to convert the customer into you know a color or another higher ticket item um, sale. So for them it's like it. a it's you know it's kind of a um customer acquisition channel um for
2: the salons. Yeah, for yeah. the salons. And then from a user perspective, like what's what's the value proposition for a user? Why why use Pret instead of go to dry bar or just like book at the salon or sure. whatever? What do users do now and what do you, what do you guys do better?
1: Sure. So we if you wanna blow out right now. Within you know a mile, is there of a you- disco party tonight? <laughs> there
2: could be. it? We could go, <laughs> we could go take this
1: podcast to the salon. There we go. <laughs>
2: um,
1: you probably wouldn't hear it over the hair <laughs> dryers, but um, no, we um, right now we're the least the least expensive option, um but I don't think that that's our biggest value for our customers right now. If you wanted to go get a blowout within a mile of you. Right now, we would have a space at one of our salons nearby because we have so many, um, we have so many salons to choose from that someone is, is most likely going to have a space open. You know, the times that, um, that we don't, that we need people to pre-book usually just 24 hours before, even 12 hours before you is like Mondays when everyone wants to get in before work. Um, but that's something that we're working on because we keep opening up more Monday morning slots and we can't keep them open fast enough. People are constantly booking those very quickly. So that's like a, that's a big demand for our customer now, but really you could probably book within about an hour.
2: So it's not just price. It's also convenience. Yes. Gotcha. And so you mentioned the eight target, you know, kind of launch markets now and you've, you've been live since June. So um, a few months. Um, wh- why those particular markets? I mean, obviously, we're excited you're here in L.A. Like I feel like all my disco parties are, are going to be <laughs> I'm going to be able to show up, uh, you know, ready for them. But why L.A. Um, and why why those particular eight markets?
1: L.A. started just because we wanted it to happen. So at the time I had an agency that I sold at the end of last year. So we did um, early stage startup marketing and um we as a group just collectively were constantly getting blowouts all the time and so LA was just sort of a i need it here so that's what we're going to do <laughs> um plus it's kind of the home of the beauty this beauty yeah. space if you think about fashion coming from east to west it's beauty from west to east yeah. um so that just was kind of a personal need that we decided to fill for ourselves um but we we picked markets based on the demand so we'll get people download the app and you know let's say there's 100 people in atlanta who are like when are you coming here then we know you know hey maybe there is something here to you know those folks in atlanta who really who really want the um service so we really kind of follow based on what our customers are asking for because you know they share it with their friends and their friends might live in different cities and so we watch the demand grow and then we serve it
2: gotcha so like many companies you you've got a two-sided marketplace right you've got to get um You've got to get the salons that are that understand your service, that are ready to fulfill it, and provide good good service to customers who book through it. Um, and then you also need customers on the platform. Right. And what I see a lot of startups, um, uh, you know, a challenge that a lot of startups that are doing marketplace type of businesses is like you've got to grow both sides of that in equal proportions. Because if you have if you have all users and no salons, like your product sucks, users don't like it if you've got a bunch of salons and no users, then the salons don't like it. Cause they're like, well, we signed up to get new customers and like, that's not working. Um, so how do you think about that, that, problem, which is which is relevant not only for your company, right, but for a lot of the entrepreneurs who are listening to the podcast.
1: So I think ours is a little bit unique in the way that we don't require our, at this time, we don't require our salons to pay us anything for the service. Mm. So we're simply funneling them customers that didn't exist before, right? So had we if, if let's say we open a market and we don't have enough customers to meet the supply, we don't really hear anything from the salons because it would it's basically as though they're running as normal. They're not losing money by working with us. They're just as they usually are. So, it's really only a plus side for the salons and what's interesting and I think for people listening who have to deal with small and mid-sized businesses, everyone always thinks that it's a scam, right? The newest company is the biggest scam of all and there's no way that this makes sense. Why would you give us money? Doesn't like how do you make money? Doesn't make sense. But when they start to think about it, it makes a lot of sense to them because they're just sort of sitting there with their stylists standing at chairs that are completely empty. And if you go even to the most expensive exclusive salon on Tuesday at 3 p.m., you're going to see open chairs. There is no exception. Like there truly isn't. So, <laughs> so for us, that it's a good thing. Um, you know, and for our customers, it's a good thing too because they have these, you know, they go into these beautiful salons that would have cost them $150 to get a blowout. And the thing is too, with the salons ha- that we have to describe like really drive home to the salons is our customer base is the type of person who would spend two hundred and fifty dollars for a, a haircut or a hair color, mm. which is pretty <clears throat> commonplace unfortunately in Los Angeles but um, they would spend that money, but you can't convince somebody to who spends that on their hair you know for a cut or color every few months to spend a hundred and fifty dollars on a blowout only that's just a convenience thing so for uh, for us, I think it's a little different that we don't have to we don't have to balance it as aggressively as other as other companies do where they're getting paid by both sides of the marketplace
2: right right that makes sense so uh, what's your revenue model how how do you guys make money
1: we play a fat fleet Fat flea. <laughs> <laughs> Those fat we, fleas. You got <laughs> We pay fee. a flat fee to all of our salons for yep. the blowouts that they complete um, that we send them. So we do make our margins. Our margins are great, and it varies, of course, between cities. Some of our cities, our margins are a lot bigger because the cost of living is so much different. You know, mm-hmm. Nashville and San Francisco are quite a big difference. Yeah. Um, but we do make our margins, and it's something that we've been very focused on from the beginning: is to not pull a I guess this was kind of like the marketplace strategy five years ago you know uber uber did this six years ago seven years ago where they subsidize the cost of their service with the money that they've raised we've definitely not done that um so we're thankfully (laughs) thankfully operating in that way but it's worked for us so far and I think the part of the reason is because we talked to a lot of salon owners before we before we really launched
2: yeah so the customer pays you and then you pay the salon Correct. Gotcha. OK. Um, makes sense. So how do you how do you think about scaling?
1: So for us, it's been kind of a crazy land grab because we <laughs> so something that I always did and with the agency and, and we were actually just talking about that um, a second ago before this started um, was stunting. And so one of the things we did in early July um, when we were talking about, okay, how do we relaunch now that we have an app, now that we have a much easier interface? Because before it was a website that I built on Squarespace. So it was it was just not the most user-friendly thing in the world. Um, but we uh, we decided that we were going to come up with a holiday and call it National Blowout Day. Turns out there wasn't one, even though there's like a national peanut on a stick day. <laughs> <laughs> who, could, who knows? Um, but we decided to cr- come up Do with you know, it.
2: a couple of days ago was National Spreadsheet Day? Of course day. it
1: was. Of course it if was. If there's
2: National Spreadsheet Day, like there should be National there should Blowout Day. A national like should no have Yeah. You yeah. own it. Yeah. Who knows? You created so it. I, yes, It
1: was about 3 a.m. and it was a weekend. I was just working and... I got into bed and I was like, what are we going to do? When's National Blowout Day? So I'm looking and I can't find it anywhere. And I go on GoDaddy or something and I try and see if there's like a nationalblowoutday.com. There wasn't. It was 99 cents. I'm like, I'm buying this. That's what our that's our thing now. So, we decided to launch that at the end of July, just like, let's see what happens. And ever since then, nationalblowoutday.com has gotten insane traffic from salons like all over the country. And so they're kind of incoming now. Whereas before, it was all very much like us aggressively trying to go after them. So, right now, scaling is like, it's really coming back to okay, we have to like really think about what our PR strategy is in every single market because they've sort of started to just sort of build without us. Um, so now we're, we're in a very good place where we can, we can sort of stop and say, all right, we're going to launch these two markets today and then another two markets tomorrow. And so we're doing that. And I just got back from Chicago cause we just launched Chicago as, as our most recent market, um, yesterday. So <laughs> it's been a little nuts.
2: <laughs> um, the life of a busy entrepreneur. And you said your, your, your background was in bringing startups to market.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so early stage yeah. bef- pre series A, most of the time.
2: Yeah. So what have you learned from that that you're able to apply to Pret?
1: Honestly, I've seen a lot. And I think anybody who's worked with startups or even just in startups has seen a lot of really bad crash and burns. Um, You know, it could be good people, too, who've raised just insane amount of money and just died. You know, Washio is a really good example. Their founder was smart. Great. Like I've seen him speak a million different times. And they, you know, I don't know what they raised, like 65 million or something like that before they just shut down operations. Um, I think that's one really big thing just not raise too much not to raise too much money yeah. um, you know and and hold ownership as much as you can my my co-founder and CTO david um, is pretty seasoned um, as an entrepreneur he sold a couple of companies but most recently telesign I don't know if you've ever use used TeleSign before? I've
2: heard of it. I don't know so if it's, I have. So it's, yeah, you know, if me. you
1: log on to like your bank website and it sends you a text message with a verification code. Oh, yeah. That's TeleSign. So Amazing. it's like very not gotcha. sexy, but brilliant, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, that was, that was one of his companies then. So he recently sold that. And so I think for us, we've been in a really good place, you know, me being able to sell the agency last year, him doing that. And, you know, the rest of us are are in a position to not have to go and raise, you know, millions gotcha. and millions of dollars in order to make this work. And I think that's one really big lesson float as much as you can until you absolutely have to raise money. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen people who've, you know, someone very close to me raised an angel round from one person, and he turned out to be the biggest monster on the face of the planet, and almost mm. ruined their series A. Actually, so those types of lessons I've I've really learned from watching those, and also team dynamics too. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen this a million and a half times, where co founders seem to kind of have this weird tension in yeah. between them, and usually that happens when they overlap in terms of like experience. You yeah, know, with David, he's straight up technology. I do not question him. If he tells me, Nina, you're going, you're going crazy with features like you need to stop, I stop. And if I'm doing something that he doesn't understand, he he just trusts that I know what <laughs> I'm doing. Right. You know, of course we don't we're not yes people to each other, but at the same time, we both respect what we don't know.
2: Yeah. That's so so good and so important. So and where where are you guys based in LA?
1: Where you know where the uh, Beverly Hills tennis courts are in La Cienega and Olympic? We're just <clears> south of that. Gotcha.
2: So, and you're a CEO.
1: Yes. So we and we're janitor se-
2: <laughs> and therapist.
1: <laughs> sure, you can relate.
2: <laughs> yes, I think uh, any entrepreneur. I mean, I think that's one of the things you need to do. Right, is wear a lot of hats. That's how you get right. Overcoming inertia, I think, is one of the hardest things to do. Um, not even with business, but just overall in life, and like. You got to play a lot of roles in order to do that, um, and so clearly you're <laughs> you're so playing under- a lot of those How, roles.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have we don't have a huge team, which is actually we're very fortunate to not have to, just yeah. based on the way that our business runs. I mean, we could, you know, we, we joke about this all the time that if all of a sudden our bank account was at zero and we had no employees whatsoever, one person really could do the entire job of Pret because ultimately we're just matching open space with customers, right? Right. There's not really anything crazy that, you know, would prevent us from not being able to continue to grow. Um, And because we do make our margins, there's it it wouldn't crash and die, which is something we're really proud of because we've set it up that way. Yeah. Um, But, you know, of course we have a, we have a great team and we're growing really fast because of them. But You know, it's something it's a little bit different than most of the other startups that I do know where they are actually they have to have a full team of engineers. They have to have, you know, a massive, a massive team behind them in order to make anything work. Otherwise, it would just stop. Right.
2: Right. And those are the cases where they need to raise a lot of money.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you tie into like a scheduling system or a point of sale system? Do you provide that for the salons? You tie into some other technology, both. Yeah. <laughs>
1: both. Well, right now we are just because it is a much easier point of entry for us to tie into the other point of uh, the other point of sale and booking softwares. Just because there's something like twenty five top, quote unquote, top uh, softwares for salons and. Anyone who's worked with small and mid-sized businesses know that you cannot get them to change their mind about anything. But what's very simple is telling them, Hey, we have money for you that you're just saying no to right now. So yeah. here you go. So that's a much easier point of entry, right? Than than SaaS. Um, but we do have we do have our own we have a partnership with a SaaS company that's brand new here out of Los Angeles that hasn't launched yet. So I can't say which name it is, but they um, they are helpful when some of the other comp- like some of these salons still have pen and paper. Like I just don't truly don't oh understand my gosh. that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very much like the liquor industry. If you know anything yeah. about the liquor industry, these people are literally paying like doing their taxes and bookkeeping on like a napkin behind the register. It's absurd, but we're, we're transitioning people, but yes, we do plug into their booking softwares right now.
2: I mean, the other industry that comes to mind is, is um, uh, like dry cleaning. Yes, Like close to the studio here, there's a, there's a dry cleaning studio that I've been to (laughs) and literally like you walk in, hand them your shirt and there's like a person who writes down, like spends Mm -hmm. like two minutes writing down like yellow shirt and like, then, and I'm just like, this cannot, like, mm-hmm. really? This is still happening. It's incredible. It's, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah.
1: No, and I've, I swear, like, the ones that are doing that are probably Monday laundering. Like, let's <laughs> <To> be honest. <laughs> why else would you not care about being efficient?
2: <laughs> you've been, cause you've been doing it. <laughs> yeah, that no, way it's for truly, forever. it's truly crazy. You're I like, I, I will not be disrupted. I will yeah. not. I will no, not. No, it's, it's
1: truly, truly crazy that they can still do that.
2: <laughs> so, Nina, why LA? You're you're
1: born and raised here. Stop. I am. I know. I'm like a weird little unicorn person who's six feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I was actually born and raised here. My parents live in Mount Washington, still in the same house that I grew up in, which is really bizarre. But um, yeah, I think, you know, Los Angeles is where it it all kind of started for the agency as well. And this was sort of where my network started to grow. Mm -hmm. And you know, with the agency, we we formed a lot of really great relationships with, um, you know, strate- other strategic investors, you know, people who are helpful. And I know um, your podcast guests before me talk about how helpful people truly are here. And it's one of those industries where anyone is willing to give you an intro to somebody that you need. And I I feel the same way. I've always been that way. If, you know, someone's on LinkedIn that I'm connected to that I know. I'm always more than happy to make an introduction. Um but that's that's the case here, and I feel like it's a very very warm community that doesn't really doesn't really, I guess there's not as as competitive. I think maybe mm. as as some of the other cities are. I mean, at least in my experience with New York and San Francisco, people are are a little bit more. They keep things close to the chest, uh-huh. whereas I've noticed in Los Angeles, everyone's like really willing to kind of give out contacts, make any sort of recommendations, mm. and just not expect anything in return.
2: Yeah, that's a, a beautiful thing about the community here. It's true. Um, <clears throat> so you were talking a little bit before the show about um, you know some of your investors and one in particular. I think who's been kind of helpful for you.
1: He's is my favorite, anything, Yeah, but you, no, not really share? my favorite, if anyone else is listening. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> kidding. No, he's At, actually- Every
2: he, supporter, right, of a company is no, your favorite. No, uh, we but.
1: actually have, you know, truly, we have yeah. a lot of really awesome investors who all come from very different backgrounds, and they're all so helpful in, in different ways. Um, but David kind of holds a special place because he was our first money um he is David, a War- Can
2: you say David who?
1: David Bell. Yes. David
2: Bell. Gotcha. Yes.
1: He's a he's a Wharton professor and um has invested in a lot of really cool companies like Warby Parker, Bonobos um diapers.com and then jet.com mm. um same founders and yeah. um Mark Lore yeah right and oh and Harry's razors yeah. which I'm, I'm sure also you know great. yeah yeah so he those are a couple of his um investments that he was pretty early on so I feel very honored that he gave us any of his money honestly but um he he's been super helpful he's um he's he's a speaker and he's an author as well and Something that he—I don't think he even knows—he's inadvertently helped me public speak. Mm. Um, he invited me to his class at Wharton to speak to a bunch of scary MBA grads or not grads, almost grads. Where I didn't even go to college, so I'm sitting there like, "Oh my <laughs> god, my worst nightmare is someone falling asleep in my class." Like that's my scariest <laughs> moment ever. I've never talked to you know a hundred MBAs like that before, but they were really, really fun.
2: Thinking of public speaking, right? Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, that's one of the things that you need to do. Yes, And, um, I don't remember exactly who said it, maybe it was Jerry Seinfeld where like most people would rather, they would actually rather die than speak publicly. <laughs> like, like dying is more comfortable than that. Right. So, um, people listening to this show, right. Public speaking is actually a critical piece Surely. of being an entrepreneur, especially if you're able to, you know, raise capital, oh, help yeah. your company grow, like get out of sort of the garage and into, into a much bigger place. So, Like what, from a public speaking perspective, what are there things that you can share that David Bell has been helpful for you um, in your journey?
1: You know, what's funny is actually because I was in the PR side um, so long, I've done media training and been media trained a million different times. Right. And it's so different when you're talking about yourself. I used to be able to jump in front of a camera and talk about a client, not a problem, not a care in the world, no beads of sweat, just very easy. Get it, get it done. Um, But the moment you're talking about you and something you built, if for some reason you just kind of want to hide (laughs) a little bit. um, But something that I always recommended to clients in the past and that I've done as well is sit in front of your computer and record yourself interviewing. So just read off questions and just answer the questions. Don't look at yourself as you're as you're recording, but just talk to the camera and then spin it around and watch yourself and do it a million different times. And all of a sudden it stops being as scary because first, the first time you look at it, you're like, why am I making that face? <laughs> the second time you don't really love the the sound of your voice, but then the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time you start actually being kind of impressed with yourself that you were able to <laughs> get those, get that out. Um, You know, when, when you're even just talking to yourself, but those really do, it really does help. And honestly, you here in Los Angeles, LMU, um, UCLA, USC, these professors are always looking for, um, you know, guest lecturers in specific topics. And honestly, reaching out to any of those, they're always happy to have local L.A. entrepreneurs um, tell their stories to their students. And that's a really easy way to do it because they're all young. You know, they're not it's not as scary to yeah. talk to a bunch of 18 year olds <laughs> than it is to talk to, you know, 60 year olds.
2: Yeah. But that's all made up in our minds, right?
1: Totally. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um. awesome (laughs) um so what you're a longtime member of the la community right um born and raised here
1: yes 29 whole years
2: so and you talk a little bit about the network that you've been able to create and with your agency um are there any particular resources in the la community that that you would highlight as being particularly you know helpful for you in your journey that others could learn from
1: yeah aside from uh, we are LA Tech, which is a great one. I mean, even the Facebook group is is super helpful. And I ask questions in there all the time and get great answers. Um, Mountain Gate, the Sophia of Parsas uh, group where they have dinners, I think it's monthly, mm. um, is a great one. YEC isn't specific to Los Angeles, the Young Entrepreneurs Council, but they've been an insane help. I mean, I actually sold my agency to a fellow YEC member that I met at Summit. Um, so they've been a really amazing help and they're and they're super invested in making sure their members are, are doing well. Um, I mean, I think honestly saying I'm, I'm terrible about this. I used to be cool. Now I'm not, and I don't like to go out anymore, but (laughs) honestly saying yes to going out to these networking events is really important. Every time I go, I I'm never sorry. I went, you know, there's always somebody who either you can help or is, you know, potentially good, a good new friend or someone who might be helpful for your business, but really just saying yes to, to, leaving your house is, is a
2: really good, really
1: good recommendation. Yeah,
2: that's so good. Saying yes, right? And just putting yourself out there, yeah. right? A lot of people, that's a that's a place that a lot of people, when they struggle with it, it usually has to do with the ego.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah just pretend you have the biggest balls in the world. Can I say that? I think you just did. <laughs> but yeah, no, pretend in your mind, you have the biggest balls in the world. And if you decide that, you somehow it it you give an air of it. Yeah. We we're just talking about that with the whole like girl boss thing, but yeah, no, it's yeah. um you give it you you create an air around you that doesn't seem like you're scared, and it just makes everything that much better.
2: Yeah, completely. Um, so are there other L. A. tech companies that you find particularly inspirational?
1: Well, I'll say Saucy because my wearing, fiance, I'm wearing a saucy, yes, wearing a saucy, shirt. saucy Mina, t-shirt, totally is wearing representing. A saucy t-shirt, yeah, it's um, great. <laughs> he, my, my fiance is, a C, is their CTO and I'm very good friends with their CEO um, and their founding team is, is just brilliant. I honestly, I think, we worked with them actually at the agency before we started even dating, so this was years ago. But I feel like I learned so much from Chris Vaughn and their team dynamic. There's three of them; they were always very much like staying in their own lane. They all had very, very, very clearly different outlined roles, and I feel like I learned a lot from them just just by watching. Um, they're a great one. Laurel and Wolf is an also an, a one as well. Um, Laura has been able to build. Laurel and Wolf into this massive out of seemingly out of nowhere, but I know it's not out of nowhere. We actually worked with them briefly um, right after their seed, but you saw how quickly they were building. And even just from, you know, those few months, just watching them from like their seed to their series a, which was a monstrosity. It was really impressive. Just sort of watching her grow like that. Um, And I'm impressed to this day, what they've done with Laurel and Wolf. I think it's super smart idea. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that are that are. There's so many really great ones. Oh, my friend Cooper, um, from a company called Clickly, they're they're ad tech, but she has such a crazy background. She was a model actress and then moved right into ad tech, which could p- not possibly be farther away. But she's doing a great job and really killing it. Um, what do they do? What is so. Going on? I, she's going to murder me if she hears this and me explain it, but <laughs> she makes it easy for, you know, those little banner ad pop-ups um, you know, that you see anywhere o- online to click through and buy immediately versus having to click through, go to a new website, mm. re-input all of your information, go through their checkout page, and kind of, it's a very clunky experience. So it's she, she makes it uh, a little bit easier for people to kind of go from, ooh, I like that, to check out. Gotcha. And delivered to your house.
2: One of the things we love to talk about is, right, L.A. as this community, right? And you talked about this as being, you know, a supportive community more so than some of the other environments. Um, if you had an ask of the community, what, what, um, you know, for folks who are listening now, how can they support you?
1: I mean, like, go get a bunch of blowouts. Your sisters, your moms, <laughs> your friends. Yeah, no, that's that's an obvious one. But, um, you know, I, I think... I heard a really good answer a little bit ago. I think if there are, I, I love feedback. We I talk to our customers all day, every day. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll pick random ones off of our list and just email them and see how we're doing. But truly, like, if you're interested in getting your hair done and you want to give me feedback, I will give you blowouts for free to go and do it and go and visit salons. I mean, there's no way I could go to hundreds of salons myself and yeah. um, neither could our team. But, you know, I would love to the more feedback, the better because we're constantly making things better and improving our everything.
2: Amazing. So um, so if i've got a little disco party coming up i cannot yes, can, uh, please. Give you, can give we film you, you though
1: <laughs> <laughs> if a bunch of guys out there if you want to get a beard blowout for no shave november and you'll let us film you and we'll uh we'll set that up it'll be extra amazing, amazing. there'll be head massages face massages, it'll be it'll be great
2: so guys as, as a like red-blooded male like yes this is who this is who doesn't want thing. a head massage yeah.
1: from a bunch of pretty girls right yeah
2: it's so good <laughs> and, and you're totally unique you stand out cuz no one else is doing it right yeah
1: go grow your beards that's
2: so good Um, so Nina how can people connect with you
1: Um, I am most easily connected to with uh, email so I'm just Nina N-I-N-A at Pret P-R-E-T-E dot C-O but also on Instagram I'm just Nina O'Heda I I read all my DMs even if they're creepy (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah truly email I I respond to pretty much everything Uh, LinkedIn as well um, but I prefer. I think email. I'll be faster.
2: Okay. And if people want to find, just remind us where. If people want to use Pratt, um, want to use you guys, where where do they go?
1: Sure. Uh, The app store, um, and it's just Pratt Beauty, P R E T E. And then beauty. Yeah. I mean, you can find it. it, You can find it with Pratt, but the the full name is Pratt. And and do you
2: have a website as well, or no?
1: We do. It's P R E T E dot C O.
2: Well, Nina, it's been a pleasure.
1: It's been awesome. Yeah. Thank thank you. you
2: so much for being on.
1: Thank you. Um, and with that, thanks Esprit. Yeah, Esprit.
2: Esprit, we love you from <laughs> Thailand um, or wherever you are uh, in the world right now. Um, your spirit lives as we as we are uh, filming late at night in Santa Monica in your office. Uh, and Nina, thank you so much for being a guest thank on the show tonight. You.
0: Thanks for staying up with me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, and with that, we're out. Thanks.